0: Because of that, um, I always kept my friends at a distance, right? So like you can love me, but you can only love me till right here. And I just had my arm out to them, right? And so that's really, I mean, how my friendships were until I was in my 20s. My friend came up to me afterwards and said, what is wrong with you? Like she didn't say it in a judgmental way. Like what are you, what are you, why are you so scared of opening up to people and letting people in? And until that moment, I mean, I remember being 26 years old. I didn't know I had a problem. I just thought that that was normal.
1: We're talking all things personal development, including health, fitness, confidence, relationships, and so much more. Thank you for tuning in. Now let's jump into today's episode. You're listening to episode number 59 of the Grind and Be Grateful podcast. And guys, after a week off, did you miss us? I hope so. We are back with a bang. Today, I'm interviewing the mommy millionaire, Kayla Kraft, who is, you guessed it, a mom of three, a self-made multimillionaire, and a lifestyle entrepreneur. And we get to have a special VIP look at how she seemingly does it all. This episode is super fun. It was really fun to plan and record. And I can't wait for you to listen, because I know that you're just going to Be riding this insane wave of ambition and self belief once we hang up. So, Kayla went from saving lives as an ER nurse, working from nine to five, to then helping women pursue a passion for owning their own business. And now she's been featured on Fox, ABC, Hallmark, CBS, and the list, just to name a few. And she has inspired thousands of women to believe in themselves as entrepreneurs and businesswomen while shamelessly pursuing their passions and growing their business to seven figures. That's a million dollars, y'all. And even if you're not an entrepreneur, even if you don't have an ambition to work for yourself and scale to like a huge company, that doesn't matter with this episode because this episode is truly about having unshakable self belief, using affirmations, pursuing and setting crazy goals. And it doesn't have to be about your career or it doesn't have to be about money. But I know that no matter what, no matter what season of life you are in, or whether you want to work as a nurse or as a corporate badass or as as an entrepreneur, this will absolutely speak to you. So a little bit more about Kayla. She created Mommy Millionaire to fill a void of community, which we love, driven by women who uplift, encourage, and rally each other's success. I know that you love her already. And today, Kayla will be pouring out practical tips and mindset habits that are current and relevant to what is working today. And I know that my listeners are all ambitious women who refuse to settle. So you're gonna love our conversation about pursuing seemingly crazy goals, having that unshakable self-belief, using affirmations to skyrocket your success, striking your own version of work-life balance, and so, so much more. Buckle up, you guys, because this is gonna be a good one, and you're about to be riding high after this episode. Before we jump into this week's episode, we are gonna do the review of the week, and I'm giving a shout-out to iTunes user Freckles and Glasses that's the username, and she said, simply the best, Five stars thank you so much. This podcast knows how to get in my soul. I am a female nurse and in the military and I'm faced with constant physical and mental stressors that has made me think about life in different perspectives, challenge my fears, and explore what it means to have value and love for myself. I played collegiate basketball in Minnesota. What's up girl? Grew up in Austin, Texas. What's up? Went to school in St. Paul, Minnesota. We have so much in common and now I'm about to leave across the world for a new job. I've had a lot of changes these past few years and before I found on this podcast, I felt alone in my struggles like body image, perfectionism, self-hate, unworthiness, work stress, moving to a new state, and all. But since discovering this podcast, I have had the courage to confront my inner battles. I've listened to every episode, usually when I run, and each new one is a brand new breath of fresh air. Your drive, passion, and genuine nature to connect with women to be their better selves are the kind of women that we need in the world. Your words are so good to hear, and I want to thank you for making me a better person. You truly are doing amazing. Thanks. Oh my goodness. I wish I knew your name, but Freckles and Glasses, I just want to give you a huge hug. That is so sweet. And I am just beyond grateful that you found this show and that it has been able to impact you in such a big way. That means the absolute world to me. And as a thank you, my team and I would love to send you a limited edition Grind and Be Grateful t shirt. So go ahead and DM me on Instagram. If your iTunes username is Freckles and Glasses, let me know your size. My Instagram handle is Marie E. Wold. And if you are not the review of the week, you can get a chance to enter and be the winner and get your own limited edition t-shirt by leaving us a rating and review on iTunes, either on the iTunes app on your computer or on the podcast app on your iPhone. You just find the ratings and review section and let us know how we're doing. Even if you don't care about the shirt, my team and I would absolutely love to hear your thoughts, get your feedback, and hopefully feel the love because we work super hard to get this out for you guys and we freaking love what we do this episode is brought to you by my group mentorship program the move nourish shine collective MNS is my signature program and it is the very first of its kind that not only gives you fitness and nutrition guidance but also addresses the mindset piece for a synergistic total person transformation so unlike cookie cutter plans and traditional coaching models we give you all of the tools guidance and support you need to shift and transform inside and out and we are actually Actually, opening enrollment again within a few short weeks, and our waitlist, our lucky waitlist ladies, will get first dibs on spots and some really amazing bonuses. So, if you've been wanting to work with me and you're craving a transformation and you're ready to shine as the confident, healthy woman you are meant to be, go to move nourish shine.com to join the waitlist and learn more about this program. Again, that's move nourish shine.com, and you can click any of the teal waitlist buttons to be the First, to know when we open our doors. Hello, Kayla. Welcome to the Grind and Be Grateful podcast. How are you today?
0: I'm good. I'm so excited to be here.
1: Yeah, me too. Me too. I think that you have such a cool story and such an inspiring journey. And I'm really excited for our listeners to hear about your first taste of entrepreneurship and kind of how you got to where you are. So, I mean, I think they'll be surprised. They've just heard your bio um, and they've heard a long list of your entrepreneurial accomplishments, but they don't know where you came from or what your life was like before you started building your empire. So can you fill us in? Yes. Okay.
0: So, I mean, in order to understand why I've done all I've done up into this point in my life is you have to kind of understand where I came from. And I, you know, I was raised by a single mom. My dad was in jail for the majority of my life because he was a drug addict. And growing up as a kid with your dad gone, you know, you have the ultimate daddy issues. And I'm not saying that as a joke. I'm saying that it's a real Mm -hmm. thing that most people struggle with. And, you know, imagine growing up feeling unlovable, like feeling like you did something wrong to make your dad, you know, disappear. Mm -hmm. And uh that's how I lived, right? It's feeling like something was wrong with me that I need to do something to, you know, make people love me. And so that's why I, I became very driven at a very young age. So I found myself at 23 years old working as a charge nurse in the ER. And I, you know, I was already making six figures in my career and doing way better than I ever thought I would do. And Actually, I knew I was going to do good, but Mm -hmm. (laughs) I looked around at all these people that were in their 30s and 40s, and they were unhappy. And I thought, okay, something in my life has to change right now in order for me to not end up like them. And some of you guys listening in, you might look around at the people you're hanging out with and think the same thing because you become who you surround yourself with. Right. So I got started in network marketing and I sold health and wellness supplements. And in my first three years, I was able to um, make a million dollars in commission. And, uh, you know, that was hard work. I did that completely full time while raising kids, while being married. And I was able to do that just because, you know, just like you say, grind. I was grinding yeah. for, for what I wanted. And, um, you know, it kind of keeps going from there.
1: Yeah, yeah. So how did you decide that you wanted to like start a side hustle and take that plunge into a totally different path than you were currently in as a nurse? Because I know like I, I coach a lot of nurses. I know nurses and I know that nursing is like, when you're working and the days that you work, like you are totally consumed by nursing. And then the days that you're not nursing, you're just trying to recover and get ready for the next time you're on. So, mm-hmm. um, how did that work for you? Well, you know, because of my childhood, I
0: always wanted to be rich. You know, Mm. I saw money was, I felt like the money, not having money was, was our problem. So for me in my head, if you had money, you had less problems. That's what I thought. And so I always desired more money. I was always looking for ways to make more money. And I was working as an instructor at a local college, um, and doing extra things on the side when it came to nursing. And then, so I went to a meeting and they talked about financial freedom. If you sold these shakes and I, that's all you had to say to me was financial freedom. And the person that was talking had financial freedom. And I was like, okay, like, listen, if you can do this, I know I can do this. Cause Mm. I never looked at anybody else and thought you're better than me. It was always just an inspiration. It was like, Hey, if she can do this, there is no difference between me and her. I can do whatever I put my mind to. And so I just got laser focused and I didn't, you know, a lot of people, they go to work to find their, to, um, believe in their excuses. And I always just went to work. Right. And I'm like, I said, I want to be a millionaire. I'm going to become a millionaire. What do I have to do? And I just grinded day in and day out. Some days I would, you know, stay up until two o'clock in the morning and then have to get up at five 30 to get ready to go back to work. But that's how bad I wanted it. And, uh, you know, and there's a lot of people out there that talk now about how you don't have to grind. But I truly believe that like when, when you're in the beginning stages of building your business, and you're you want to create that momentum it's all about the grind it's all mm-hmm. about doing whatever it takes and then once you're in momentum i mean your business just flourishes right without you having to do much
1: Right, I I always feel like because I'm in the same boat. Like I've been building my business for a few years now. I'm at a place where I have a team supporting me. I'm able to have a more flexible schedule. But like the early days, I was a one woman show, and I was doing everything by myself. And so I wouldn't be able to have this like balance and ease if I hadn't have. Had had the grind like, you know, a few years ago. So I think a lot of the people that are preaching like ease and flow and balance now have been through the grind and they're able to preach that now because of the grind. And so that perspective gets lost. Totally. Yes. You got it perfectly. Yeah. Yeah. So when you decided to like go after that, I know when you tell your story, you talk about how like millions don't happen overnight, but a decision can happen overnight, right? So like, what was that defining moment for you where you're like, dang, I'm really capable of a lot more than where I'm at right now? Gosh. Um, Well, I I think I was a year into
0: network marketing and I was already making six figures in my side hustle. And I had started to coast, honestly, because Mm -hmm. to me – you know, I was making a multiple six figure income on the side. Why couldn't I just be happy with what I had? Yeah. And everybody around me was telling me like, gosh, you know, that's amazing. You're amazing. You know, like, how would you do it? So I was getting like all this recognition, but, um, and then I also had people that were making fun of me that was like, oh, it's going to go away. da da da." Like naysayers. And I was like, you know what? I don't want to keep playing small. Like I'm going to do what nobody in my family has ever done. I'm going to become a millionaire." And I'm just going to stay laser focused on making that happen. And so that's what I did. Um, but so I remember just like, yeah, having, I was uninvited from play dates. Mm. I was, you know, I had a, a one year old and I was pregnant at the time. And, you know, it was just like weird. I knew people were talking about me. It because yeah. you know, you know that feeling. Mm-hmm. And, I, I knew that that was happening and I was just like, you know what? I'm going to, they're talking, let's give them something to talk about. (laughs) And so that's when I just went like balls to the wall, crazy, went after it and was like, I'm really going to live up to my potential and give it all. That's really when I stepped into my leadership and said, okay, I know how to make six figures. Let's teach other people how to make six figures. And then once you do that, it just comes back to you. And that's why I'm making multiple seven figures now.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think that's so true about like letting the fear of other people's judgment. It can either hold you back or it can fuel you. And something one of my friends told me um, last year when like my business was really at one of those tipping points because, you know, that was kind of a tipping point for you. And there are always those bubbles where you're like, well, I could stay safe and like have good or I could leave behind good and like go for great and take a risk and so it was one of those phases and one of those seasons in my business and I said to my friend I was like yeah I'm just like I know it's not right but like knowing how some people are going to respond to this is really like killing my vibe. And she goes, Marie, you can make, you can either be hated and make good money, or you can be slightly more hated and make amazing money. And (laughs) so it's like, okay, well, if I'm going to be hated anyway, like, I mean, and it's not that the general consensus is hate by any means, but like anyone that is, you know, making noise will have naysayers and have people that throw negativity their way. And I was like, well, if that's going to happen to me anyway, then I might as well like have amazing abundance and make it worthwhile.
0: Exactly.
1: I love that.
0: Good advice. Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. So once you decided to make the switch to really chasing like the big goals, the big audacious, like maybe some people would consider them impossible goals, how did you feel like that kind of shifted How you showed up in your life, because I think being in that mindset of like, I can really do anything is a game changer.
0: Yeah, I think that I always knew I could do anything. I kind of grew up feeling that way um, because I saw so many people around me that were, I guess, I mean, I don't like to label people, but they're what you would call losers, okay? Mm. There's winners and there's losers in life. and These people were losers. They didn't know how to play the game of life. And I truly believe life is a game, okay? Mm -hmm. And so I saw people losing all around me. And uh, there was a common theme among all of them. And it's just that they didn't have belief in themselves, And so that was very apparent to me being, I remember being seven years old and um, looking at like friends that my stepdad would hang out with. And I'm like, those are losers because you could tell their insecurity was written all over their face. So I I grew up kind of like with that type of intuition. And so I always knew the secret was just believing in myself. I remember visualizing when I was eight and nine years old, being a lawyer to help single moms get child support. So, um, like I always just imagined myself being a very powerful person that helped a lot of people. I didn't know how it was going to happen again. Like I thought I was going to be a lawyer.
1: (laughs) Yeah. But,
0: um, I think like the most powerful thing, uh, when you're deciding to make a decision and to grow is just, you've got to believe in yourself. And the way that you do that is just by telling yourself, looking in the mirror and just saying, I love you. I love you. And my mom would, the one thing that she taught me, if I could take away anything from my mom, she was a very hard worker. But the one thing she said was never speak out loud what you don't want to be true. Mm-hmm. And I mean, so even when we were sick, she wouldn't, I mean, she took it to the extreme <laughs> When we yeah. were sick. We weren't even allowed to say we were sick out loud. She would literally cover our mouths and say, don't say that. The devil can hear you. That's what she would say. <laughs> and, um, you know, it's crazy stuff, but I so that was ingrained in me as a child. So I only said out loud what I would want to happen.
1: So I remember walking. that's around, like early stages of law of attraction. kind oh, of. Oh, yeah, totally. Like yeah. when I
0: was 13 years old, my friends like from back in the day, I would walk around and say, I'm the most beautiful girl in the world. And I wasn't. OK, but that's <laughs> what I thought. Like I would and I, you know, I would just walk around and say those things because my mom taught me anything you want to be true. You say it out loud. And so, you know, I didn't, I never remember a time, a definite point, because that's how I grew up. I just believed in myself because I knew I'm like, those people are losers and I'm a winner. So I'm going to do everything the exact opposite of what they do. Those people drink, those people smoke, those people do drugs. I'm not doing any of that.
1: Hmm. So, I mean, I'm sure, you know, based on your work with probably like hundreds and thousands of women at this point, not like many of us and probably most of us are not like raised with that innate sense of self-worth and self-belief and like knowing that you can just do whatever you set your mind to. So what are some ways that you really help the women that you um, work with? Like what are the ways that you help them foster that belief and that self-worth?
0: Well, the number one way is you have to realize what your subconscious mind is thinking. You know, 95% of the actions that we take or we don't take throughout the day are are driven by our subconscious mind. We're completely unaware of them. We think over mm. 70,000 thoughts a day. You probably know this. And so you need to be aware of what you're thinking. And so I tell people to basically, you know, every area of your life, I want you to start journaling about what you think about that when it comes to money when it comes to success, when it comes to being in love, when it comes to friendships, what are your beliefs? And if you, if some people will go, I don't know. I really don't know. And then so you just start writing and eventually they come up, right? And then so start to question everything you believe. And I used to think, you know, that rich people were greedy. Mm -hmm. And so I had to question that belief because I don't want to be a greedy person, but I want to be rich. But if I believe that rich people are greedy, then I'll never become a rich person because you'll constantly block yourself. Right. So you change that. So let's say what's another thing that's more empowering. Oh, rich people change the world. Right. So that felt better to me. So I was like, that's a new belief I'm going to take on and I'm going to adopt. Well, just think about it this way. You got to brainwash yourself into believing something different. So, you know, science tells us that if we tell ourselves something 300 times in a row, it, it does become ingrained in our subconscious mind.
1: And Mm, so I've never heard that like data. That's really interesting.
0: And so Dr. Joe Dispenza talks about it. You look in the mirror. He doesn't do the mirror part, but I add in the mirror part. And I say, look at yourself in the mirror and you think your new thought, but I want you to say it out loud. And I want you to say it until your whole body relaxes and you actually accept what you're saying. So if somebody Mm -hmm. doesn't believe in themselves, be like, I am worthy of love. I am deserving of success. And look at yourself in the mirror and keep saying it until you feel your whole body change and become relaxed, okay? Yeah. And, uh, you know, I used to really struggle with, you know, loving myself because, again, I didn't want to be a loser. So I had this whole thing and, I you know, I thought I was an unlovable person because of my dad, all these daddy issues. So something I would tell myself and look in the mirror is loving others is easy when I love and accept myself. And it made me constantly look for proof all day long about how I love and accept myself. And it made me drastically change my life. So I'm a huge believer in affirmations when they're done right. So if you just say one affirmation, it's not going to change your life. But if you look in the mirror and you say it until you believe it and you do that work every single morning, that's the kind of stuff that will change your whole entire life. And it's the exact stuff that people resist because they want to hear, Kayla, how would you build your brand to seven figures in less than a year? And if I say feelings, they're like, no, there has to be a secret like way. I'm like, nope. Yeah. There's a magic
1: formula. There's like a magic bullet to get there.
0: Yeah. Everybody wants a strategy, but they don't want to do this kind of work because this is actually the hard work because it's the stuff where you look at yourself in the mirror and you cry because you don't believe it. You know, I work with, you know, thousands of women. Um, every single day in my membership groups and that's the number one thing that they struggle with They look at themselves in the mirror and even saying I love you to themselves look at, looking in their eyes is hard They just break out in tears mm-hmm. Because they haven't humanized themselves enough to realize that i'm just a human that is in need of love And when I feel love I do great things
1: Yeah Why do you think that so many women get so far disconnected from that truth? oh oh my gosh, there's so many
0: things, but just everything in our subconscious mind is formed before the age of seven years old, okay? And so I think about it. I have a nine, a seven, and a four-year-old right now. And I think about all the times, um, and I'm very cautious because of now, you know, I've done so much work, but, you know, how many times do you get ready to tell your kids, no, don't do it like that? Stop, that's not good enough. Uh, There's, I mean, even in school, you know, where they hear that they're not good enough. It's not, mm-hmm. it's not up to par with this other kid. Uh, this person got an, an uh, outstanding and you just got a good job, you know? So you're, you're, you're taught at a very young age that you're, you're not good enough. And, and so you look for proof for that all day long. Um, and so that's why I'm a huge fan of changing the school system because I think it's, it's literally making our kids not believe in it themselves. It's, it's horrible. Mm.
1: Yeah. What do you think, on that note, this is, like, a tangent, but what do you think is the difference between, like, a participation award and, like, acknowledging the unique, like, gifts that each kid has? Do you know what I mean?
0: Well... I love at at my kid's school, they do something fun. It's called character awards. So instead of giving awards like for, Oh, you did the best at this. They actually acknowledge each student in their own special way by, by noticing characteristics. So my daughter got gentleness last year and my son got cooperative because he, he likes to follow the rules and he always includes people. And those are things I really want my kids to know that they're good at. Right. And it doesn't make them feel bad that Johnny got an award for being kind. It doesn't make them go, Oh, I'm not kind. They're happy that they got cooperative. You know what Mm -hmm. I mean? So it's just different. It's, it's, I'm all about, even when I tell my kids, I never say good job to my kids. I always will say, you're so creative. You're so imaginative. Oh my gosh, you were so fast. What did you learn being out there on the ice? So Mm -hmm. it's really teaching them that characteristics are what build you up into an amazing yeah. person. It's not the, it's not the trophies. It's not the A's. Um, yeah, it's super important. Your words are so powerful. I mean, we know that now, right? But yeah. we, we have to take the work. We have to do that work with our kids.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that is that really says a lot about the way we should talk to ourselves too, right? Because. So many of us are addicted to either destination happiness of like, I'll be confident when I have X, Y, Z, like when I lose this weight, when I am this size, when I have this accomplishment or we just base our self-worth on our abilities instead of acknowledging those characteristics. So the way you parent your kids can impact the way we talk to ourselves super powerfully as well.
0: Yes, absolutely.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So, with um, with parenting and with like juggling everything, building your empire, and basically seemingly being superwoman, what do you think are the keys to success for really being able to balance it all, execute, and also um, take really good care of yourself and be able to show up as your best in each area that you prioritize?
0: Mm, I love that question. So. You know, I think a lot of people strive for balance and I don't believe in balance because, you know, there's, we all go through different seasons in life. And right mm-hmm. now, like I'm in a season of being mom because my kids are home for, you know, for summer. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, I'm not that focused on my business right now because I want to spend as much time as I can with my kids. Yeah. And, you know, I'm not going to, and I'm not letting myself feel bad about the fact that I'm not working as much. Right. But most people go, Oh my gosh, I need to, I need to go and spend more time over here. But the way that I could take time off is the fact that I have an amazing team. And we were talking about, you know, having a team before we got on, Marie. And you were talking about how you have an awesome team, right? And, yeah. And I, and I complimented your team because they were awesome. But you have to – nobody is actually self-made, right? Uh, right. When I made my first million, it was because I helped a lot of other people make six figures, right? Mm-hmm. And so I wouldn't have been able to do it alone. And, uh, just like right now, I have a team of seven people that work with me and they're all about helping the mommy millionaire brand develop. And our mission is to help 1 million women make a million dollars or more a year. And so everybody that's a part of that is, is just moving to like make that happen every single day. And so because I have that team and they all have their roles Um, I know what my role is. It's getting on podcasts and going on TV and doing the things that only I can do. Um, and then I step back and I just live my life and I do what makes me happy. And you know, I like to have fun. So that's really the, the key. I think some entrepreneurs they get stuck because they think they have to do it all and they want to hold tightly to the reins of their business and of their idea. And Mm -hmm. as long as you do that, you won't have freedom. But the moment that you decide to give the reins to somebody that's actually probably more qualified than you to be doing yeah. those little tasks, right. uh, you're, you're going to explode. So that's really the key because then you can, you can have it all.
1: Right, right. It's about like, it's not that balance is like, when I talk about balance with my people, I really like to basically change the entire definition of the word as it's not like equally distributing your time and energy to anything that you care about. It's about figuring out like what your priorities are in that specific season, and then acting accordingly and like really honoring what's a priority, what doesn't fit in that priority and saying no almost becomes way more important than saying yes.
0: Yes. Yes. So
1: besides the besides being the mommy millionaire and you're leading women in their entrepreneurial endeavors every day, you're changing lives, you're connecting with people in a really meaningful way and you have this amazing community, but you actually have struggled with like building really supportive, meaningful friendships in the past, and you say that you haven't ha- always had a lot of really good girlfriends. Um, can you tell us about like that background and why you think that is and why now you're able to attract and like maintain really great friendships and a really great community? Oh, wow. You have
0: good questions. For me, I really struggled with having friendships because, again, I thought I was an unlovable person. And so mm. – um, you know, I I had that. And then I was also very full of shame because I didn't want people to know that my dad was in jail. And, Mm. um, so like I remembered like not being truthful with my friends at a very young age, like about that, you know, like, where's your dad? Oh, you know, I don't have a dad. I don't remember what I would say, honestly. I, I like shut that part out of my life. But Um, I was so ashamed of it and I would cry if one of my friends found out, like if my dad would, or if my mom would like say something about my dad, I'm like, I would start crying. I would just be so like scared. Like these people are going to think I'm a horrible person. Like he is because of that. Um, I always kept my friends at a distance, right? So like you can love me, but you can only love me till right here. And I Mm. just had my arm out to them. Right. And so that's really, I mean, the, how my friendships were until I was, in my twenties and I got started in network marketing and the whole thing is relationship building. And right. I remember being in a room, uh, of all these high performers, they were all making six figures in my organization and we were all doing like some bonding time. And I knew it was important for other women to bond, you know, but it was like, I didn't want to have to do that thing. So I made everybody go around the room and just share what they were struggling with. Every, there wasn't a dry eye in the room except for mine. And then when it Mm. came around to my turn, I said something superficial. Like I don't remember what I said, but, and my friend came up to me afterwards and said, what is wrong with you? Like she didn't say it in a judgmental way. Like what are you, what are you, why are you so scared of opening up to people and letting people in? And and until that moment, I mean, I remember being 26 years old. I didn't know I had a problem. I just thought that that was normal. Like if you if you were to be mean to me or anything like that, I would just cut you out of my life because that's what I did to, as my defense mechanism, just like I cut my dad mm-hmm. out of my life. I'm like, defense mechanism, you do something wrong to me. Yeah. I don't like you. Bye. Yeah. So um, I realized that it was a problem. And I was like, in order for me to really impact the world, I have got to be connected with people. And so what I did was I just decided to challenge those beliefs. You know, what, what happens if, uh, if I hurt somebody's feeling in a friendship and – You know, what happens? What's the worst case scenario? And I went through the whole thing. Well, if a friend gets mad at me and, you know, blah, 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 if they leave me, they weren't a real friend anyway. Right. And so I was just, I always go to the worst case scenario when opening up with a friend and I usually realize it's not that bad. And so I let them in. And so it's Mm -hmm. just a practice that I still do all the time. I mean, I, it's very like, because it's like changing your, you know, your brain pattern. I have to constantly, I have to be very intentional. I have to put it in my calendar, text Sarah to see how she is because other than that, I'm not going to think about it. I'm just going to think about like what I got going on with my kids, Mm -hmm. you know? So I think that if social relationships are important to you, which I hope they are because it's really makes you happier. I think so. I mean, schedule and time. I joined a mastermind this year just for socialization because it was the whole thing is work hard, play hard. And so I was like, other than that, I would just be a workaholic. So I joined that. So just be intentional about, um, you know, where you want growth in. And I set an intention that I, you know, two years ago, I was like, I want to have more friends. And now I just have like the most amazing people in my life and I feel so grateful.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's so interesting how like that lesson of or that like limiting belief of you're unlovable or um, you have to be so guarded, like that lesson came up in so many different areas of your life because it like demanded to be learned. Oh my gosh.
0: I know. And I love that saying, like, you keep getting the lesson until you learn it. And, Mm -hmm. um, you know, I'm, I'm still getting lessons now about the unlovable keep showing up for me. Right. And so it's like a constant work in progress of like, I have to tell myself, I look at myself in the mirror every single day saying, I love you, Kayla. I visualize myself, you know, looking at the little Kayla that felt unlovable at seven years old. I visualize Mm. the big Kayla giving her a hug every single morning because that's the place I want to come from like I don't want to hate that little girl but that little girl's always going to be a part of me and I have to re- constantly remind her that she's not in charge and I love her um, but big Kayla's in charge and she knows she's worthy
1: she knows she deserves it future Marie here I know that we are not alone in struggling with health and self-worth and in fact I think that this is one of the biggest roadblocks that women are facing today and it is holding us back from doing the really big important work that we are meant to do in the world we cannot be our best selves when we are constantly feeling stuck and frustrated and unhealthy and we can't live out or maybe even identify what our purpose is because we are using so much of our time and energy on trying to figure out how to move and nourish our bodies how to live a balanced lifestyle how to shine with the confidence that we all deserve to feel like all that stuff just weighs so heavy on us and I fully believe that women are powerful beyond measure every single one of us but we can't tap into it when we're not taking care of ourselves or when we're consumed by self doubt and insecurity right like maybe you can relate I can definitely relate to that and I think it's such a common a common struggle that we all face and that's exactly why I created my group mentorship program, the Move, Nourish, Shine Collective, where we spend eight weeks together creating a healthy lifestyle, refining and reaching your goals, building a strong, confident mindset, and growing this incredible community of like-minded women who all want to tap into their full potential just like you. It's truly a -a one-of-a-kind program, and I'm so excited to be opening the doors for our summer collective in just a few short weeks. Our wait list will be getting first dibs on the spots, plus... Us some amazing bonuses so make sure that you are on that list and ready to join us as soon as enrollment opens you can join the waitlist and learn more about mns on our website which is move nourish shine.com again that is move nourish shine.com and you can click any of the big teal buttons to become a part of the waitlist yeah yeah the the inner child and the childhood trauma thing Um, is so real and people don't give it enough credit for like how powerful that is. People think like, Oh, I'm, I'm past that or I'm over it. Or that was a long time ago. But like you said, so much of our identity and our beliefs are, are shaped in that really foundational period of our childhood. So even if you had like a quote unquote good upbringing, like there's still going to be things that are deep seated blocks. Like for me, it's so strange, but one instant where a girl made a comment about how I was chubby in elementary school, like, still bothered me and caused me insecurity, like, until I finally unpacked that and then acknowledged that that was holding me back, you know? So... What do you like, what do you recommend for people who notice that they have a block and notice that they have work to do? Like, what are, what are the steps? Do they, do they go to therapy? Do they s- just sit with it? Do they do affirmations? How can they move through it?
0: Well, I mean, therapy is always great. If you feel like you need therapy. Um, I love life coaching because mm-hmm. um, that's the thing that's really changed my life. Um, I've actually never even gone to a therapist. We've gone to couples counseling before, but I've never been to a therapist on my own. Um, but there's nothing wrong with it. I, um, I truly believe that you just, sometimes you need an unbiased look on your life (laughs) to help you see your blind spots. Um, but really for that, I mean, go to somebody that has the tools to help you get out of your, your stuckness and like, um, you know, my first business coach, he did a lot of muscle testing and that was super helpful because I figured out, okay, I look at my life through the lens of, I am nothing. And once you realize what you, um, what lens you look at life through, then everything makes sense. You're like, oh my gosh, that's mm-hmm. why I reacted this way. Oh my gosh. Wow. Everything makes sense. And then there's been another coach that I've gone to that helped me with the inner girl world work. And I like it cause it's just like, they give you the tools that you can work on right then and there. Like, I don't need to sit and talk about it anymore i need to I need to sit and um know what to do when I get triggered, you know right so I love life coaching I mean just go to people like you know that have helped people like that have great recommendations and um really know their stuff,
1: yeah, yeah, and I like what you said about like having the tools to work through your triggers because there's I think a misconception that healing from your trauma or healing from your limiting beliefs means that they're never going to come back and they're never going to be a problem. But in reality, they will probably always be a factor in your life, but your healing and your growth from it just helps you identify, bounce back and like move past it way, way faster. And doesn't it doesn't slow you down anymore.
0: Oh, totally. Like totally. I know, um, one of the exercises that would be great for people to do is like you could write out a lot of your limiting beliefs right now and you could write out what triggers that belief to come up. And then once you're aware of what your triggers are, I mean, write out every single trigger you have and then write out what's going diff- to be a different response. So instead of reacting the same way I normally would, I'm going to react the exact opposite way of what I would normally do. So that's a powerful exercise that people can do.
1: Mm-hmm. I really like that. And for people who aren't super familiar with this like inner work world, what would be an example of a trigger?
0: So this is funny because just this last Christmas, um, I went to a, a family Christmas party and I get there and I was ob- obviously I told you I was kind of dealing with health stuff. I was, su- was super tired. I mean, I had been working mm-hmm. nonstop for like six months and I walk in and I had just went best selling author. And, uh, my family was not kind to me and my aunt comes up to me and yells at me about how I put, why would you put that your dad's in jail? Why would you make him look Mm. like that? And I'm like, uh, because he was. Yeah. Um, and then my mom starts attacking me about something else that I said in the book. And so here's the trigger. I get totally triggered when people question me and my intentions I, oh, mm-hmm. that'll trigger the heck out of me. All the limiting beliefs start coming up. So yeah. anytime, I mean, my husband could question me right now and I will be triggered. But now it's like, okay, wait, put the mirror up. Why does this bother you? Answer the question. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> um, yeah. So yeah, that's an example of a trigger. Like most people, their families are their triggers and they don't realize it. Um, mm-hmm. So I spend a lot, I, I spend limited association with my with my family.
1: Hmm. And it's like, things that trigger you, the things that you get the most defensive about, you get defensive about it because you're afraid that it's true, right? Like otherwise you wouldn't, it wouldn't bother you at all.
0: We're unwilling to accept about people what we don't like about ourselves. And so Mm. I also am a questioner. So I question everything. And so when people question me, it bugs me. I don't necessarily know if I – I don't actually love that part of me that questions everything. But I also know that that's the reason why I'm so successful is because I've always asked the question why um, instead of just going with the wind, right? And so that's another thing is like sometimes people get triggered because you don't like that in you. Like just like I don't like weak people. I hate weak people. That's what I say in my head. So weak people trigger me. So when people have excuses or whatever, I get completely triggered And the inner girl in me does, right? And so then I have to do that work Mm -hmm. and go, oh, my gosh. They're just doing the best they can with what they have. How can you help that person? And so it's been a huge game changer for me um, to just realize that. Like, listen, it's never about that other person. It's always about you. Anytime you're being triggered. So always put up the mirror and go, why is this bothering me? Anytime you get, uh, you know, defensive um, or you feel, like, sensitive about something, why? Put the mirror up and ask yourself, why does this hurt me? Like if somebody called you ugly, why does that hurt me? Well, because I want people mm-hmm. to like me and I want everybody to think I'm amazing. Okay. Well, what's the worst case scenario? Like if people don't think you're amazing, oh my gosh, well then I'll be all alone. And that's literally everybody's number one fear in life is the fear of abandonment. Nobody wants to be alone. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So with like all of that and with your history of just fearing like abandonment, fear, fearing not being worthy of like that love or support. Um, now you have a beautiful family. You have a husband who like loves and supports you. You have kids that you're so committed to being the best mom for. Um, and what would you say like has really been foundational for growing and keeping a healthy family dynamic?
0: I feel like I'm still figuring it out every single day. Uh, yeah. The number one thing, though, is, like, don't compare yourself to other families. Mm. I used to really struggle because I would look at other moms that are, like, Pinterest perfect, which is amazing. <laughs> you know, like, they yeah. love all the crafts, and, like, that's their way that they give back to their kids. Um. And I used to think, there's something wrong with me. Like, I need to do more crafts. And then I would just – I my house would be a mess and I would just, I would just stress out. I would, I hate that. And, um, then I just decided, you know what? It's our family. We get to make our rules. And just like last night, we went to Disneyland. We got to Disneyland at eight o'clock at night cause we got season passes. And so we can go whenever, you know, mm-hmm. and we go, <laughs> we don't leave until midnight. I have a nine, seven and a four-year-old that like, that's not most, that's not what most families are doing, but yeah. we work from home and I just like, I loved it. I got home and me and my husband were like, that was so awesome how we just got to do that right now. And the old Kayla would have actually been mad. Like, oh, we shouldn't have done that. We shouldn't have kept our yeah. kids out till midnight. You know, they have to get up early. Um, but instead, we just said, you know, it's our family and like we get to have fun. We get to make our own rules. And that's just something that Chase and I both live by is that we're always going to do what's best for us. We're not going to do what's best for the neighbors or for our best friends. We're going to do what's best for our family. And, um, you know, my kids are so unique. My husband is a different cat and I'm wild. And so, it, <laughs> you know, normal standards wouldn't, wouldn't work for us. And yeah. so, yeah, that's kind of like our it's always been our motto. We make our own rules.
1: Yeah. The the stay in your lane and, you know, create what you want your life to look like. It sounds like has really been a guiding principle for you since like day one.
0: Oh, 100%. 100%. Yeah.
1: So for the people that are like susceptible to falling into that comparison trap or they they feel like they are inadequate or not doing things the right way what's something that they can either remind themselves of or do an affirmation um to kind of center them and like bring them back to their truth that they they get to be the creator of their own life
0: oh well i think that just sounds right there like a good affirmation i am the creator of my own life you know and yeah. um, and i think one thing is true. If you find yourself feeling like unworthy and like, oh, that person has it better than me, go back to gratitude, right? Like look Mm. at your life and write out a list of 100 things that you've done well, you know, write out a hundred things that you're grateful for in this very moment right now, the air that you're breathing, the fact that you can even read, right? Like don't take those things for granted, And look down and say, okay, because I'm alive, I still have a purpose. What is my purpose? And if you're unclear about what your purpose is, listen, there's no better way to find it than getting into action. Try on a lot of things and figure out what you like, right? Mm -hmm. And uh, I just know that action always gives you clarity. Action always will take away negative feelings. Even if the action is going and taking a hike, I mean, you're going to feel better, right? So it's just get moving, and, you know, surround yourself with p- other people that won't allow you to compare. Like I don't think I have any friends in my life that I could just call and be like, um, I'm so angry, you know, Marie just got top pod- top podcaster in the world and I didn't, you know, like yeah. none, of, none of my friends would stand for that. They'd be like, they'd yeah, hang yeah. up on me. They'd be like, what? Are you joking me right now? So right. Um, I think you have to hang out with people that have high standards for allowing yourself to, I mean- encouraging you to only uplift yourself when you're talking about yourself. And then eventually Mm -hmm. that's what you'll do you'll just lift yourself up so high. Um, but I think it's interesting that, you know, a lot of people when they meet me, they do notice that fact about me that it's I'm in my lane and I don't, I don't care what other people are doing. And it's because I'm so addicted to my mission. And Mm -hmm. if you don't wake up every single morning with an intention, right? Like my intention is to do whatever I can to help 1 million women make a million dollars or more a year. Like that's not going to happen by me sitting here and scrolling Instagram and looking at what other people have. That's not going to happen, right? I know what I need to do. And so always set your intention for the day. What do you truly want? What do you truly want out of today? And just get clear on it. And then you go to work in your life and the universe will conspire to help you get that. But you got to get clear in the morning.
1: Right, right. It kind of, I mean, it's a full circle moment because earlier um, in this episode, you were talking about how whatever you put your mind to, you will find evidence to support. So if you are looking for evidence to support that you're going to succeed in that mission, you'll find it and vice versa. Mm-hmm. Oh, yes. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So I want to, that kind of goes into your your saying of either tolerate or create, and you have, to, you have to choose to create. So can you expand on that a little bit more?
0: You know, a lot of us, we're doing a lot of tolerating. You know, we're tolerating bad behavior. We're tolerating our husbands talking down to us. We're to- to- uh, tolerating our friends gossiping. We're tolerating, um, you know, the Pinto when we want to be driving the Ferrari. Um, you know, <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's true statements, right? right? And so it's a lot of tolerating happening. But if you were just to – and your imagination in that world is you're just in worry mode. You're in fear mode. And you're just worrying about all the things that could go wrong. And that's why you tolerate things because you're like, oh, if I take a risk, then, you know, people might judge me. Or if I take a risk, you know, um, my husband might leave me. Or if I take a risk, I might not have any friends. You know, there's all these things that go in our mind. But if you go into creation mode and – You go, you know what? Um, I want to create something special. And you let your imagination go into all the ways, like for me, for example, all the ways I could help 1 million people create a million dollars or more a year. And I just go journal and I spend a lot of time in nature and I'm just talking out loud, talking about my dreams and my vision. All of a sudden, all these ideas come to me. And mm-hmm. that's where I want to be. I want to be in that lane. And guess what? When I'm in creation mode, I'm not looking to my left or my right. I'm like head down, laser focused. What else can I do? Okay, I'm going to start the podcast. I'm going to do the live event. I'm going to do the um, the masterminds. I'm going to do all these things because that's what's going to help people. I'm going to go on other people's podcasts like Marie's because I know this is how we're going to get the, the word out there that if you believe in yourself, you can do anything you want. Yeah. And um, you know what I mean? So it's in that creation mode. And just, I love journaling. Um, but so many people, they don't, they're too scared to create because what if people don't like it? You know how many things I've created and nobody's bought? Like, yeah. you know, but you don't hear about those things because I just move on to the next thing. I'm like, oh, that didn't work. I'm moving on. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah, redirect. Yeah. And a lot of people think that's a failure. I'm like, gosh, I've learned so much from my failures. I've learned mm-hmm. way more from my failures than I have from my successes.
1: Mm. Amen to that. Seriously. And it's like, with um with creating like the life that you want to live like you have to be solution focused you can't be problem focused like oh this didn't go well or like i don't have the money for this or i don't have enough knowledge for this like you have to be focused more on how you can solve that problem than the problem itself because again you will find evidence for whatever you're looking for no matter what
0: oh my gosh yes you said it perfectly
1: yeah. Yeah. I have absolutely loved like all of these golden nuggets. I swear there are 10 Pinterest quotes, <laughs> Pinterest worthy quotes in this episode from you. And I know that our listeners um, have fallen in love with you and want more. So where can they find you and what are the different ways that they can join your movement?
0: Yeah. Okay. So, um, I, over on mommymillionaire.co, I have a couple free resources. One of them is a free branding questionnaire. And then the next one is the law of attraction ebook. And so I teach you all about how you can get more customers to say yes to you by being yourself. So I would love for your audience to check those out just because they're completely for free. Um, and then also I have a podcast called the mommy millionaire podcast where I talk a ton about it's, it's turning all into mindset because I realize that's really where the, the people need the work. And yeah. that's what I love to talk about. So that's what we do over there. I'm also on Instagram at Kayla.craft and it's c a y l a dot c r a f t. And I, I love Instagram. I show my life and I also show just how I'm using affirmations in my daily life as well. So mm-hmm. thank you so much for having me on. This was amazing.
1: Yes. Thank you so much for your time and sharing your story and your wisdom with us. We really appreciated it. Before you go, we always have one last question because this is the Grind and Be Grateful podcast. We have to know what is one thing that you're currently grinding toward and what is one thing that you are hugely grateful for? Oh,
0: okay. One thing I'm grinding towards is I have my Mommy Millionaire live event in Scottsdale in October 24th through the 26th. And so I want to sell out my seats by the end of August. And so I'm grinding for that. And I also want to make money off that event too. So I'm trying to get a bunch of sponsorships. Awesome. And, um, the thing that I'm most grateful for right now is that both my kids are, two of my kids are at a summer camp right now doing water sports. And it makes me so happy because they're happy while mommy's working. (laughs)
1: <laughs> mm-hmm. That's so awesome. Kayla, thank you so much again for your time. Guys, go send Kayla some love. Screenshot you tuning into this episode. Put it up on your Instagram story. Tag us. Let us know what you took away from it. And be sure to give her a follow and send her all of the love and gratitude for everything that she shared with us today. And Kayla, thank you. I can't wait to continue following you and everything that you are doing in the world, supporting women who want to achieve that abundance and support their family the way that you have.
0: Oh, thank you.
1: Thank you guys so much for spending your time with me on the Grind and Be Grateful podcast. I'm so happy that we were able to hang out and share some good vibes today. It would mean the absolute world to me if you could take one second to share this episode with someone who you think would love it and please leave the show or view on iTunes if you're enjoying it. Tell me what you think. Let me know what you want to hear more of. It would really help me out on my mission to educate and empower women to become their very best selves and create more content that you're going to love. Thank you again for listening and supporting the show. And until next time, don't forget to grind and be grateful, my friends.